And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show on a pre-national championship Friday. This show actually was the one you were going to hear on Wednesday. I had a very nice conversation with Dane Brugler, our draft guru at The Athletic, and we were going to talk about all of the great players in the Alabama-Ohio State game, which, by the way, goes perfectly with my story that is running in The Athletic today about how these two teams have been the best producers of NFL talent over the past five drafts, most draft picks and most first-rounders. This is the matchup we've wanted to see, and we haven't gotten it since the first playoff. So today, you're going to get to hear me and Dane talk about all of the great players you're going to see where they fit into the draft, and then some of the other folks that are going to be in the draft next year. Uh, Dane knows this stuff inside and out. It is truly amazing, his recall for all of these players and, and where they fall and what their traits are. And so it's a great conversation. You're going to love it. Little bit of news. The, the reason we didn't run this on Wednesday is because on Tuesday, you had the reports that Ohio State might be having issues with COVID-19 that there might be a potential postponement of the game. It looks like they are on track to have the game on Monday night, which is a good thing. I know everybody involved in putting on the season would like to get this season over with. As excited about it, the game as they are, they would like the season to be done. So Ryan Day, Ohio State's coach, said on Thursday that they should have, quote, plenty of players. He did not get specific, but plenty of players, a plethora of players, if you will, for the Buckeyes. Crimson Tide seem to be right on schedule, so looks like we are on schedule for that game. Other news in college football, Mark Schlebaugh from ESPN with a really interesting report on Thursday morning that Tennessee basically is freezing the hiring of assistant coaches at the moment, and the presumption is it is as they go through this inquiry into potential NCAA violations by the coaching staff this really screams, we are trying to fire Jeremy, Fru Jeremy Pruitt for a free or reduced rate. That is what this screams. Uh, it is the university side who has hired Michael Glazier, the, the lawyer who typically represents schools when they're dealing with NCAA cases. It is not the athletic department who hired him. So that tells you they're trying to get out from under that really dumb extension that they gave Jeremy Pruitt after that winning streak to end last season when he really wasn't going to go anywhere. So we'll see what happens with that but it does not look good for Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Does look good for the championship game, Alabama, Ohio State, Monday night, hopefully, hopefully. And if you get to watch, you're going to see a ton of future NFL talent in that game. Here is myself and the athletics draft guru, Dane Brugler, talking about all the great players you're going to see on Monday night. Dane, I, I'm going to start with the one that kind of is on everybody's mind because we knew Justin Fields was good, but nobody had ever seen him play like that. Does that change anything? Because I know the, the talk when when 
the Jets went on their quote-unquote winning streak hmm. uh, that was really a losing streak um, and that knocked them out of the, the Trevor Lawrence we say was, okay, what do, do they go quarterback? Do they do something else? And is it Zach Wilson? Is it Justin Fields? If they do go quarterback, what's the feeling on Justin Fields? And I know it's just one game, but after that game. Well, it, you set it up, uh, you know, right, because – We've just never seen Justin Fields play at that level. Um, you know, there's no doubt he is an extremely talented quarterback. We've known that, but to play on that type of stage at that type of level uh, and be as consistent as he was and just on point, um, just really a night and day performance compared to what he put on tape uh, beginning of the year. Uh, what he did against Northwestern, what he did against Indiana, and it wasn't just those two games. Uh, you know, I could throw on some plays from the Penn State tape where uh, there was a dropped interception, uh, should have been run back, maybe a pick six. Uh, the Michigan State game where he's locking on to that first read and he's not, he's just very slow going from one to two to three. And, you know, we know the physical traits, but when NFL teams break down this tape, they're looking at from a mental perspective, okay, is he going through his reads? Is he understanding the coverage? Uh, a lot of things that just, you know, you're not going to be able to tell from the box score and even from the broadcast view. And that's where Fields was really kind of a step behind. That's why Lawrence is the clear favorite to go number one. That's why Zach Wilson appeared at number two overall in my mock draft uh, in November. But I'll tell you what, Fields, uh, with the way he performed, uh, I mean, the toughness was outstanding. That, that's the first thing that stands out with taking that hit from Skalski and somehow bouncing back. Uh, and then the accuracy that he showed, uh, I mean, pinpoint, he was precise. Um, now, th still, there were not, watching that tape back, there were not many plays where he's, you can see him going one to two to three in his reads. He's still staring down his intended receiver, uh, but he was, the, the Clemson defense was not able to stop him. So it, it's one game and it, it's tough because it, body of work matters. But if you give an NFL scout truth serum, they'll tell you that performing on the big stage when everything's on the line could have been Justin Fields' final college game. Instead, he gets to play another one for a national title. That matters. So a performance like that uh, carries some water. It really reminds me a lot of you know Deshaun Watson. When you think about uh, a couple years ago out of Clemson, had an up and down uh, season that final year at Clemson. You know, almost lost a pit. Uh, you know, it, the no, performances they, they lost were, they lost a pit. They almost lost to right. NC State and Florida. NC State, State. Yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. They almost lost NC State. They did lose the pit. But it was, it was a rocky year. It wasn't, you know, that typical Deshaun Watson that we you know, had come to really know and understand it. But then he goes to the playoff and just, you know, rips off two wins, including a national title win against Alabama. And, uh, you know, we've seen what he's done in the NFL, even though we did fall to the 12th pick that year uh, in the NFL draft. So it's, it's a really, really fascinating conversation that is going to be extended after we see what happens uh, Monday night against Alabama. Because Alabama's defense is even though they have not been maybe on the same level as some past Nick Saban defenses, uh, I, I think they are much better uh, than what Clemson put out there, much more equipped to uh, battle Ohio State. And so it's it's going to be really interesting to see how Fields does uh, on Monday night to see if he can kind of change the narrative. Well, the, let me ask you about that Bama defense because, you know, we, we are getting prepared for that game. And I, I, I've been trying to explain to people that, Clemson's defense this season was not what it was last season, and when, last season it wasn't what it was the season before. So it, it's been, you know, in terms of personnel, kind of sliding down progressively. But Alabama 
while it is not a perfect defense and it is not, you know, the 2012 Alabama defense, has a lot of really good players. So who who is your favorite on that D? Is it Sertan? I, I think it'd probably be Sertan. Uh, you know, he's and he's gonna be an interesting prospect because he's probably not gonna run great uh, at the combine, probably be a four or five guy. But his understanding of the position is so advanced. And that's what you would expect from a player who, you know, is really groomed for that position when you've, uh, you know, taken into account his father playing in the NFL uh, all those years, being coached by his dad in high school. Um, just a very polished corner, He under, especially from press. That, that's where he really shines because he understands body position. He understands how to get his head turned around, find the football. The ball skills are, are terrific. So uh, I think even though Sertan's not going to run great, he's just going to be a, a very reliable pro for a long time. I think the only defender maybe uh, from, from the Crimson Tide that might come close is Christian Barmore, who's really mm-hmm. been surging over the second half of the year. Had a great uh, this game is not a sh- game. He really did. And we've seen that from past uh, you know, defensive tackles at Alabama really show up later in the year, whether it was Marcel Darius or uh, you know, a couple Ron of these Payne. other guys. Exactly. Against Clemson, it was fantastic in that playoff game. So we've seen it before. Uh, and Barmore could be getting that little bit of that boost this year. The talent's always been there. But you know, he's only a redshirt sophomore. This is his first year as a as a true starter, and so I, you can see with more games and more tape, the uh, light bulb is just illuminating more and more. And in this draft, it's not a very strong defensive tackle class, and so Barmore could get a le- even more of a a bump up because he might be the best of a, of a mediocre group. Now we are recording this before the Heisman Trophy is announced, so mm. uh, you guys who are listening already know who won. We don't. So I, we can just we will say that we know that if the 32 NFL GMs had a vote that Trevor Lawrence would win the landslide. But that's not how it works. Uh, let, let's talk about Devontae Smith, who uh, is, as we sit a few hours from the, the announcement, feels like the favorite. But obviously his measurables are not ideal from an NFL standpoint. He's he's maybe 170 pounds soaking wet, maybe 165 mm-hmm. And but he just produces. So how how do how do talent evaluators in the NFL reconcile those things? He, yeah, you're right. On paper, uh, this is not a first round draft pick. Uh, in, in the spring, scouts measured him at 172. Um, you know, he's probably going to run somewhere between four four seven four five one in that range. Um, but if you just turning on the tape, I mean, how do you not fall in love with his talent? Uh, his understanding of how to play the position, uh, the ball skills are elite. And I, I don't use the word elite loosely here. Uh, he, he's His ability to come back to the football, attack away from his body, finish those catches is just uh, really, really impressive. Uh, he, he has that dynamic athleticism within the route where he stays under control, but he's still able to create that separation. Um, I, there's so much to like about how he plays uh, wide receiver that it's. I, I think you have to look past... Uh, just the, the the raw numbers, uh, and it's it's rare. There's not many receivers like him. Uh, you know, Isaac Bruce was undersized, Marvin Harrison. Uh, so they're just it's a very short list, but uh, it, it's hard to bet against Devontae Smith's talent. I, I think the biggest worry from a scouting perspective is not the toughness, it's not the the play strength because I think he plays much stronger and tougher than he looks. 
but the durability. I know he's right. avoided major injury over his career, but I mean, just watching that semifinal game against Notre Dame, some of those hits, uh, it took him a second or two to get up from because he just doesn't have the body armor uh, to withstand a lot of those hard hits. And it's, you know, obviously in the NFL, uh, players are faster, stronger, uh, and they're going to be hitting even harder. And it's uh, the, the durability would be the one concern there with Devontae Smith. But aside from that, he's got everything you want in a top 10 wide receiver. And I, I, I we'll, we'll, we'll find out, but I, I'd be surprised if he's not the Heisman winner. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Now, one guy who's been, you know, kind of moving up draft boards, but does not necessarily have to be in the draft is, is Mac Jones. You know, he's got another year and, and really another two because of the, the eligibility mulligan from the NCAA. Uh, where do you have him? I know you, you and Lance Zerline had a, a, a really good discussion about him on your podcast from prospects to pros. I, I'm curious about it because the, the, the thing that the college folks just keep saying is, well, look at everything around him. Look at the line in front of him. Look at the receivers he has to throw to. Look at the backs he gets to hand it to. And, you know, we, we also we can have this discussion later about Kyle Trask with some fairly special talent around him this year. But with Mac Jones, how much of it is you could put him in a different offense with different personnel and still get production? And how much of it is being in Alabama's offense? It's a really tough situation to evaluate because and it's not just the offensive line, which is above average, uh, but they've won the Joe Moore Award, I believe, as the they top offensive yesterday. line. And yeah, in college football, um, you know, obviously the talent. We just talked about Devontae Smith. Uh, and obviously it doesn't stop there. Najee Harris being one of the best running backs. And not just that, but the play calling. Uh, what what uh, Coach Sark did this year with understanding how to attack defenses, uh, you know, find those vulnerable matchups. Uh, just a really, really impressive performance from him. That's the reason he's going to be the head coach at Texas now. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's hard to separate Mac Jones from that situation when everything is going on around him. But as an evaluator, you, ha you have to try. And yeah. so from... A physical standpoint, he's very average size, the arm strength, but he still has to make the reads and he still has to make the throws. And he consistently does that. He has just enough mobility where he can move around the pocket. Uh, he trusts his feet while his eyes are downfield. Um, he's a very smart decision maker, rarely turns the ball over. He understands ball placement, putting the ball where his receivers can go and get it. Timing uh, was a consistent uh, strength of his uh, within that offense. And, uh, you know, it's, yes, everything around him is, you know, uh, so there's so much talent, 
but he's still doing his part. And so yeah. when you evaluate him moving forward, it's you can see him starting in the right situation. Uh, but if if he does not have a bell cow running uh, running game, or you know does not have that true number one receiver, it, it, does he have enough to uh, you know put the offense on his back and consistently get first downs? That's that's where it's tough. I, I think right now Mac Jones, I, I think he's in the top fifty conversation, and some teams will look at him and say, yeah, we can we can win with this guy, and you know we'll we'll draft him somewhere maybe the the back half of round one, where other teams. They won't be sold. So I don't think there will be any type of consensus from an NFL team perspective on Mac Jones because it's going to be different from scheme to scheme and what exactly they're looking for in their quarterback. Would you roll the dice if you were him and, and try to go come back for another year? Because it will be a, a fairly different cast of characters. Obviously, still be an extremely talented cast of characters, but it'll be different. So maybe maybe you get a little better evaluation, but also you know I'm looking at it right now. The quarterback class for next year is kind of Sam Howell. And yep. who? I mean, that, that there's not a there's not a big Slovis, obvious list. They, yeah, yeah. Slovis. It, it's that, JT that, Daniels, honestly, maybe. Yep. Who who just announced he's coming back to Georgia, uh, which is I think the smart decision by him. It's and it's funny because I was talking to an evaluator in the NFL this morning about these quarterbacks, and that's something that he brought up. He said just doing early scouting of next year's class, it's hard to get excited about those guys and how that might force. Uh, teams this year to be more aggressive to get their guy. Uh, you know, in the last 60 years, we've only had three quarterbacks go in the top five twice, and it could happen this year. We've only seen four quarterbacks go in the top 10 once, and we could see that happen this year. So uh, this is going to be a very uh, aggressive NFL draft when it comes to the quarterbacks at the top. And I think Mac Jones, uh, you know, I, with just to you know, do the for uh, people that haven't been following the draft closely, Trevor Lawrence, uh, I think is the is the clear one, and then two, three, and four are going to be different based off who you talk to with Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson, and then Trey Lance in North Dakota State, and then Mac Jones, I think, is right there at five. I, I think personally, I think he's better than Trask. Um, you know, talking to people around the league, that seems to be how they view him. Um, but I think he has to do what's best for him. Where does he feel like he's at in his development in terms of understanding uh, the position? Um, does he think he can get that much better by going back? I think the biggest thing for me, if I'm Mac Jones, is losing Sark. Uh, that that's a that, that's a big domino, a, a big uh, variable that you just don't know. Uh, who's that new play caller gonna be? That's gonna come in. Is it gonna be all new verbiage, all new? Uh, you know, scheme and the playbook, and there's just so much uncertainty there that would definitely play a, a, a big part in my decision. It's going to be Adam Gase, man, former former Nick Saban GA, Adam Gase. Uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, hey, Nick Saban has done a really nice job bringing you know the the coaches thrown aside, and hey, come on down to Tuscaloosa, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, reinvigorate your your coaching stock, and I, I mean, he's done it before, so why not? I don't. I don't think it's going to be Gase, but I would not be shocked if it was Bill O'Brien. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. That, that's yeah. that would be very interesting. But yeah, I, I, so with Mac Jones, we don't we don't know what he's going to do. I mean, maybe maybe he'll tell us in the next few days. But Kyle Trask has said he is definitely going. Um, he was a senior this year anyway, but he's one that you know the, the debate has. And this was the debate with the Heisman Trophy conversation too: was how much of it was him and how much of it was a truly special pass catching target in in Kyle Pitts and then a really good one in Kadarius Tony and some some really good complimentary pieces in in Trevon Grimes and uh 
Jacob Copeland, and you just kind of go down the list. But where does Trask fall into this? Yeah, and it doesn't help that we saw what that offense looked like without those targets. Um, and it wasn't pretty for Trask, who was pressing and makes making some uncharacteristic decisions based off of what we saw uh, during the regular season. Um, to me, Kyle Trask is a clone of Mason Rudolph. Uh, a little heavy-footed. He doesn't have great mobility. He's a big, sturdy passer. Doesn't have a great arm. Has a good arm. Um, I, you know, I, I think there are things to like about him. Certainly, uh, he understands where to go with the football, uh, and I think he is at his best when he can loft the ball uh, to a spot in the void of the defense, and his targets can go make things happen. But his accuracy is can't be described as pinpoint. Uh, the mobility is not a strength. Uh, and I think that really shines bright versus pressure uh, because in today's NFL, you need a quarterback that can move a little bit. You know, the days of, uh, I know Tom Brady threw over 40 touchdowns this year, but he's the exception to the rule. You need guys that can move around a little bit. Has one or two weapons out there to throw to. <laughs> that certainly helps, yeah. I mean, Trath, I, I like, there's a, he's a tough competitor. The story, the background's amazing. You know he's a smart kid. Uh, but I just think the inconsistent mechanics, the, 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 the below average mobility that just puts a cap on his ceiling at the next level. And that's why I think he's in a similar conversation as Rudolph as a player and as a prospect. So I think you're looking at more, uh, you know, somewhere, uh, late two, early three, uh, in terms of rounds, uh, for uh, trust to end up. So let's talk about his teammate, Kadarius Tony, who I think is one of the more interesting guys in this draft, because you know, I, I remember when Tony got to Florida as a freshman and you'd see him carry the ball and you're like, oh man, if this guy ever really puts it all together, this could be something. It felt like this year he did kind of put it together where instead of them having to force feed him the ball, either on jet sweeps or on, on kind of bubble screens, he was getting open within the flow of the offense and catching the ball downfield and then, and then doing those, you know, really slippery things that he can do once he has it. But what does that mean for the NFL? Because, I mean, I would assume this is a pretty tough eval too because this sort of came on all of a sudden and he's got an injury history and, and everything else. So where does that put him? Because you've got some really obvious, you know, Jamar Chase, you're taking him. Uh, Jalen Waddell, you're taking him. But Tony right. feels like he has a high ceiling and a low floor. Yeah, and I think that when you look at this wide receiver class, uh, it's another big-time group, just like last year. Uh, I, I think the top three is pretty set, laid out with uh, Chase, Smith, Waddle, uh, whichever order uh, you know you want. That fourth wide receiver, uh, I, I think there's a couple different uh, names in there, but I, I do think that Tony has put himself uh, in, in – Kind of at the top uh, as being maybe the favorite to be that fourth wide receiver in this in this class. You know, people have to remember too; he was a quarterback in high school. So when he and he thought he was going to, you know, one of the reasons he went to Florida is they said, you know, you're going to have a shot to play quarterback here, and the coaches still say he has the strongest arm uh, on the team. The, so the very uh, persuasive Jim McElwain did uh, <laughs> did convince yep. him he had a chance to play quarterback. Yeah, and so uh, you look the the first three years. Uh, in Gainesville, he was a, you know, the flashes were, okay, who's this guy? You know, it, it, but he was a, a, a gadget receiver who mm -hmm. couldn't stay healthy. He had a couple off-field stuff, um, you know, with... Uh, well, he does have a rap uh, career to worry about, too. Let's not forget that. I don't that, know if you've heard... That, he's on Spotify. He, yeah, no, I, that's something that is has been mentioned. Uh, I, I think the, the quote that I got from an NFL scout was, 
uh, he's more passionate about rapping than football. I mean, his stage names, uh, I can't even, he has a stage name. I mean, so, yes, I mean, yes. it's something that, uh, it, uh, it's something that scouts have been talking about. The, uh, it, the Joker, I believe. I, I gotta, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. He's actually, exactly. he's, he's actually not terrible as a rapper. Now <laughs> it's not like, uh, you remember Chad Thomas from Miami? Yeah, third like, rounder to the Browns. Chad Thomas is making a lot of money as a musician and was making was doing very well as a musician while he was in college, too. I mean, he was selling beats to Rick Ross and, and everybody else. <laughs> I don't know that, that that's in Kadarius Tony's future. His future's probably on the football field, so he's going to have to maybe prioritize that for a couple of years and then get to that second contract. Then you can get the recording studio in the house, and then you're good right, to go. Right, right. So. And, that, and that's something that uh, Scott's have talked about with Jalen Phillips as well, the really talented defensive end uh, at Miami. Out of Miami, who, yeah. Uh, he'll be in this draft class. So, I mean, but with Tony, uh, even though he probably is still more of a gadget guy than a polished receiver uh, right now uh, in terms of uh, just where he is in his development, the one-step burst that he has is so special. The body balance... Uh, and even though he's not the biggest guy, he's so tough. I mean, he will run through tackles. Uh, he's just a big play igniter. And that's what you're looking for in the NFL on offense. You're looking for guys that can create and can be versatile. And that I think that's what he brings. When you watch him uh, in that Florida offense, he was everywhere. He lined up uh, out wide in the slot, in the backfield, uh, you know, use, use him a lot on motions and, you know, pre and post snap. Um, he can help out on special teams as a return man. He, he had a punt return touchdown this year. So there's so much you can do with an athlete like that. And so even though he still has a little bit ways to go, there's some uncertainty off the field. I, I, he's got a chance to be in that first round mix because it's just so special of an athlete. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We talked about a bunch of guys in the national title game already, but I want to know who else you're going to be really looking out for on Monday. Who do you want to see flash? Who have you seen this season that, that's impressed you that you're going to really pay special attention to on Monday? Yeah, and I mentioned how these two, I mean, obviously these two programs, uh, you know, they're usually one and two or close to it in the recruiting rankings. And then the last five years, no two programs have produced more NFL draft picks than these two teams. I think it's like 93 uh, draft picks combined. It's, which it's is insane. Alabama crazy. has 90, I want to say 92 draft picks since 2010. And the median, the median draft position for an Alabama player drafted in that span was 53. <laughs> 
That's 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 crazy. I, I mean, it goes back to not only recruiting, but just the development they do there. Um, and it's that's honestly something that's talked about in scouting circles is, OK, you know, are these guys kind of maxed out by the time they get to us in the NFL? Because, the, you know, Nick Saban gets everything out of them that you talk about ceiling uh, with with players that are, you know, 19, 20 21, 22 years old, uh, a lot of these Alabama players have already hit it, but you know, there are a lot of really interesting prospects uh, in this in this group. I, I want to see Chris Olave, yeah. how he matches up against Sertan and then, uh, you know, Josh Job on the other side. Whichever corner he goes against, probably the best corner he'll face all year. We saw that Ohio State offense without Olave uh, in, against Northwestern, and it wasn't pretty. He just, the, the connection him and Fields have, just really, really special. And Olave is kind of in that Devontae Smith uh, conversation when you talk about, you know, maybe not the most impressive body type, uh, not a true burner, but he understands how to play the position. His feet are, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a, a ballerina as a kid because uh-huh. of the way he he moves out there. Really, really uh, coordinated and he understands timing. He understands how to leverage coverage. Uh, just a really, really impressive player. But can he do it? Uh, you know, doing it against Clemson w- was one thing. Clemson has athletes, but they're not the most technically refined uh, or disciplined players in the secondary. Alabama's different, especially, you know, Nick Saban. He he loves the cornerback position. Uh, he coaches those guys up. Sertan especially. Love to see that Olave-Sertan matchup to see uh, who can win. And then just in the trenches. You know, we saw Ohio State. Uh, win in the trenches. That was a big story. Justin Fields is obviously the main headline, but the way that uh, Ohio State won in the trenches on both sides of the ball was really a big part of that well, game and something that won't be as easy against Alabama. That's And that's what I was wondering because we know about Wyatt Davis, and, and he's obviously mm-hmm. very high on a lot of draft boards, but it, it feels like that offensive line has just been really good, again, especially in the run game, the past two games, opening those holes for Trey Sermon. And then I look at their their D-line, and, you know, there wasn't a Chase Young this year, but you look at Tyreek Smith, he kind of looks the part, but he hadn't really played the part. And then you see him have a big game against Clemson, and, and, you know, a big game against Alabama, I think, would probably propel him a little further. Same thing with uh, Tommy Togiai, the defensive tackle for the Buckeyes. I think he had a fumble recovery in that game. Yeah, and that, that guy just plays his tail off. Uh, he's strong at the, at the point of attack, and he just does not let up. I mean, he was he was outstanding against Clemson. And yeah, Tyreek Smith, I mean, Jonathan Cooper. I mean, this is why Jonathan Cooper came back for this season is to, for this type of opportunity, and he's uh, he, he's, he seized it. So uh, that, that was something. Uh, I want to see the Ohio State linebackers with against Najee Harris. That's going to be fun as yeah. well. Uh, Baron Browning is a former five-star who – is still figuring things out. He's not there quite yet, but the traits are off the charts. And that's what NFL teams, that's what they're scouting. They're they're scouting the traits. And that's why Baron Browning could be a top 60 pick. Uh, Pete Warner uh, is in that mix as well. So, uh, I mean, there's so many different, I mean, Trey Sermon, what can he do? Trey Sermon, uh, we knew what he could do at Oklahoma. He he was a, a quality runner in the Big 12. He goes to Ohio State and, you know, he's coming off that that injury, uh, you know, with the pandemic and everything. He didn't have as many practice reps with his new team. Earlier in the season, it was hard to really, you know, fall in love with Trey Sermon. And then, OK, Michigan State, he looks outstanding. Northwestern looks even better against Clemson. They couldn't do anything to stop him. What's he going to do against Alabama? It's almost like the the three game stretch that Ezekiel Elliott had. It's a, exactly. Yeah, it's the it, Zeke it, run it, again. 
And Zeke did not slow down in the national title game. So what can Sermon do uh, to not only help Ohio State, but help his draft stock? I mean, I mentioned it before, but NFL teams, even though it's about body of work, body of work, body of work, they care about they have recency bias, too. And they care what happened on the biggest stage when you needed to be at your best. And so uh, this is a a big game for Sermons. He's already made himself some money uh, with what's happened the last month. But he could do it uh, maybe even some more with uh, how he plays against Alabama. Well, Dane, thank you so much. You can read Dane's work at The Athletic. If you're not already subscribing, come on. What, what are you waiting for? Best sports writing in the universe. And by the way, if you subscribe to The Athletic now, when Dane puts out The Beast, which is his pre-draft guide, which I'm sure you've been working on for a while and are, are getting toward finishing up, this thing is unbelievable. Dane will tell you about every player who could potentially be drafted I mean, right down to like what cereal he eats for breakfast. It's incredible. I know, I, I know you've probably got a spreadsheet where you divide them by like tricks and lucky charms and and whatever. But it is it is one of the best things we do at the athletic every year. And Dane does all of the heavy lifting for it. So, Dane, thank you so much. Uh, listen to Dane and Lance Zerline on their podcast, Prospects to Pros. And, uh, and thank you so much, Dane. And we will be watching the game with a very uh, curated eye now. So thank you for that. Anytime. Thanks, Andy. That's it for the show. One more before we crown a national champion. Alabama versus Ohio State from lovely Miami Gardens, Florida. Not South Beach. Don't let fool you there. It is a very different place than South Beach. Not even close. But... You will get one more podcast previewing the national championship game. We're going to drop it on Sunday. Me and Ari Wasserman, we probably will make some sort of stupid bet involving the game that will embarrass one of us later. I can't wait. Talk to you on Sunday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.